0: Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click Media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello,
1: this is Michael Jams, co-founder of Agency Revolution. And today, delighted to be your podcast host. Broadcasting from the Casita here in the lovely foothills of the Sonoran Desert. And I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution. Creators of Fuse. The insurance marketing software that skyrockets retention boosts policy per customer and makes your clients love your agency. Without you having to hire more staff, programmers, or technologists, visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo of the software that agents and brokers are raving about today and discover why it is a national award-winning software. Uh, also, you should discover why it helps agencies make uh, your customers love your agency. I know that I say that. Um, when I delivered the intro to this podcast, I, I was just talking to one of my private clients who happens to be an Agency Revolution customer, and he was sharing his net promoter score with me. And um, well, for, first of all, he shared with me that his net promoter score is 88. Okay, that's really, really good. The average net promoter score for insurance carriers in uh, uh, automobile insurance, which has the highest NPS score of all forms of insurance is 39, his is 88. Now, I would certainly anticipate that agencies have a higher NPS score than carriers do, just just like most people will say, well, I like my congressperson, but I just don't like Congress. But uh, to get an 88, that's really outstanding. And I can tell you this, it definitely reflects in his retention Definitely reflects in his policy per customer count. So if those things matter to you, I do mean this. Check it out. Um, The thing about the NPS score is that it shows you, um, do your customers love you or not? Um, And then it's got the tools. Uh, The the, the software has the tools to uh, fix the problem if there's a problem, but also to promote that love where there is love. Uh, I also checked out my client's. Um, Google my business page and I saw his Google reviews. Everybody would love to have that. So uh, boom, let's move on. I just finished this uh, conversation a few minutes ago. Sometimes I wait a little bit to do the intro because uh, when I'm done with a podcast, I usually need a break. Uh, There's kind of a lot of work on my end. I know it doesn't seem like it. Michael's just talking to somebody. A lot of prep goes into it and a lot of heart goes into it, I think. A fair amount of brain goes into it. Uh, This time, I just finished this uh, conversation a little while ago. I still got tingles all over me because I think it's a really important conversation. My guest is David Morse. Dave is the chief customer officer for TrueMotion. He focuses on helping clients leverage TrueMotion products and services to improve customer acquisition, risk reduction, claims experience, and customer retention. <clears throat> and we talk about all that stuff for more than fifteen years. David has led technology and enabled transformation projects for large insurers and high tech companies. Uh, TrueMotion. I'll say a word or two about them. Uh, TrueMotion is um, well, uh, they're a leading insure tech. Over one hundred and seventy people on the team: engineers, data scientists, business leaders. Their C-suite is comprised of execs from Salesforce, Zipcar. Uh, Harvard and MIT. Uh, Their CEO ran claims at Liberty Mutual for 13 years. They were founded in 2012-ish by a Harvard grad, and MIT grad, Um, the uh, Lyft, formerly the Lyft COO, uh, formerly the head of sales at Tesla, um, and uh, formerly the Zipcar CEO. So, This is a a serious company with a serious mission. They're backed by investors like uh, General Catalyst, Bain Capital, Lakestar. They work with uh, six of the top 10 auto insurers in the United States. They are international. They work with companies like Progressive, Farmers, MetLife, American Family, Intact in Canada, and many, many more. Uh, so I'm going to bring you right into this conversation. I, I, I re just really think it's important um, for every personal lines agency to hear this. And so we talk about how this technology can help you grow and uh, certainly help you with customer satisfaction, help you with customer acquisition, help you with customer retention. So um, as I have been known to say once or twice, let's be friends. So if you would, follow me on Twitter, connect with me on LinkedIn, and who knows, if things free up a little bit, I might start posting groovy pictures on uh, Instagram, and you can see what the desert lifestyle is like. So now, without further ado, uh, it's a great privilege and pleasure of mine to introduce you to my friend and colleague from True Motion, David Morse. David Morse, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you?
0: I'm great, Michael. Really glad to be here. Thanks well, uh,
1: yeah, I'm super excited about this conversation. Um, well, in part because I think you're you're representing a part of the industry that uh, hasn't really been represented in this podcast series before, uh, a technology that's clearly changing the industry. And uh, based on our most recent conversation, this one's going to be a robust conversation. So I'm looking forward to that. So... Uh, let's start, if you will, by, I'll ask you to introduce yourself and how you got to be in the position that you're in right now.
0: Yeah, so my name is David Morse, and I'm the chief customer officer for TrueMotion, which is based out of Boston, and we are a telematics service provider. Uh, so our mission is to use data to make driving safer, and we call it driving intelligence. And, and my background is mostly 20 years in uh, enterprise software, building teams that serve the needs of large insurance companies, banks, telcos, anywhere there's technology, but there's a healthy dose of services and know-how and change management around it to make it work, and telematics in the insurance space is no exception.
1: Got it, all right, so I, w- I want to address a question that, that um, the audience may have immediately. I think typically when a lot of people think of telematics, uh, they're thinking oh well that's something that carriers provide that's a carrier to customer relationship um and uh, clearly it goes beyond that
0: yeah it's uh you know there's telematics is a broad word. you can get telematics in many <laughs> forms from a phone from a car um, the space we're in is insurance telematics so The idea here is that uh, in our case, we uh, use the smartphone as a sensor, turn that data into driving data, and then all you need to do as a consumer is you need to enroll in your insurer's program and just download an app. So Uh, uh, that's where we are. That's how uh, consumers come into contact with auto insurance telematics is through their insurer.
1: Got it. Okay. Uh, And I I think so people have some sense of well uh, the credibility or the legitimacy of the company that you that you're with this is not fly by night
0: it is not fly by night we are very very fortunate to work with uh, six of the top 10 US insurers the number one in Canada and uh, several uh, very large ones in Europe so the very uh, largest customers really tend to work with us
1: yeah this is a mature insurtech so to speak so my understanding you've, you're 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 well funded You've got, what, um, 170 or so people on the team? That's right. Okay, and been around
0: since? 2013, so seven
1: years. Okay, well, yeah, that's pretty rapid growth. Congratulations to you. Yeah, um,
0: thank you.
1: All right, so uh, let, let's uh, start. Uh, let, I, I want to examine uh, before we kind of get into the specifics of telematics, uh, driving, how it affects the customer relationship the insurance customer relationship customer satisfaction let's uh, we'll get to that in a, in a bit um talk to us uh, a little bit about what you what you see uh in regards to like the trends and the forces that are affecting this industry and particularly uh, why uh you know why those trends and forces then allow a service uh telematics type services to um, even exist to begin with?
0: Yeah, that's a really, really great question, because I think we are swimming in this ocean of, of new trend that uh, we have the good fortune to ride. And I think the number one trend is the move to digital. Every industry, even a, a more mature industry like Insure, is, you know, has to become more like the Amazons and the Googles of this world to survive, to thrive, to service the needs of customers who are increasingly more digital themselves. Mm-hmm. And so one very uh, pointed example is, you know, when you go to buy an insurance policy, the old way, the traditional variables are, you, you have your credit score, your age, your vehicle type, but those <clears> things are really proxies. They're not really, they don't really tell you how you drive, right? data and telematics actually tells you how you drive. It's the very behavior you're insuring. So that, and that's digital data that comes off of phones and devices that tells you how you drive. So insurers, instead of putting information into a system or relying on these proxies, they can actually use digital data to make things better, faster for customers and and actually use more data to make themselves smarter. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, yeah, well, so in this case, it, it, this is uh, individual data. I mean, often when we think of insurance, we think of uh, of large data, you know, law of large numbers, and and mm. and uh, and um, uh, the uh, you know, underwriters need to like draw draw some conclusions from large data, and hope for the best when it comes to individual behavior. So in this case, we're really we're uh, really drilling down to individual behavior.
0: We are, and this is enabling personalized insurance. So, you know, insurance is inherently a pooled endeavor, right? I think we talked about it where your bad year doesn't ruin you because I'm helping you. Right. And my yeah. bad year doesn't ruin me. And that's the social purpose of insurance, which is a really super valuable function for society. It's right. it's an incredible innovation when you think about it, that that all works. Um, you know, the thing is on the pricing side is, you know, if you're a, you should really pay the rate you you deserve because if you're safe, you should save money. If you're, let's say more risky, maybe you should pay a little bit more than the person who's really safe. So it's almost moving towards a fairer, more personalized um, way to do insurance, probably while still retaining an overall pooled concept.
1: Got it, okay. So uh, you, you had said a moment ago that uh, insurance, which I think by everybody and everybody's recognition is is generally not the most innovative of, of uh, or adaptable of industries needs to go digital because the customer's digital. Talk to us uh, for a moment about that. And I think you used Amazon as as, as an example of that. Mm. Um, You know, I, I can remember well over 10 years ago, people were saying in this industry, go digital or die. And a lot of people didn't go digital. A lot of people didn't die. Uh, or a lot of entities, a lot of organizations, a lot of agencies didn't die. um, Do do you think there are, are, are we approaching some tipping point in consumer demand or consumer expectations that, that allows, uh, that, that that drives change in our industry right now?
0: Well, certainly as the years go by and people are more used to digital technologies, you know, started with uh, the internet and web browsers and now it's just all mobile. And, you know, the, the fraction of the population that is willing to, let's say, go into an office or a bank branch um, is probably declining somewhat. People still do. There's a segment of the population that will. And they want right. that personal connection and they will do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think if the Amazons and Googles have taught us one thing in the world is, that can you make it faster, easier, more accessible when I'm on the go? There is definitely a segment of the population that would want that. And I think that segment of the population is increasing because these are people who natively grew up with those technologies and are used to interacting with the world that way. So I see it as increasing. Um, But yeah, there's a place for talking to human beings over the phone. There's a place for going into an office to get consultation. And sure there's a segment of the population that values all those things. So, you know, for the, for the, for the people that do value the digital experience, having that as a really robust, offering is really really important for the insurance uh, so
1: i'm going to jump into the customer's mind right now uh, and, and so let's let's first let's walk through sort of recent history when telematics was introduced um well first of all when was that
0: oh telematics um i think you'd have to go back to like uh i remember uh, one of my customers has this huge device that they put in a uh, pickup truck in Texas. And yeah. it was like one of the very first telematics devices. I feel like that's 20 years old. What did it do? Well, it measured driving behavior. So it got, I guess, I don't know exactly how yeah. it worked, but it picked up the mileage. It picked up the speed and it would, uh, I Felt like you had to do something to upload it, put a okay. some, uh, device <laughs> put somewhere it, and upload it, it, it... it,
1: and then you had to put a floppy drive in and take it out, and then take it to. That. So was that for like fleets for uh, truck drivers to monitor their behavior?
0: This particular one was a consumer offering, so it was a personal insurance offering. And the funny thing was, I remember talking to my friend, who's a uh, executive in this insurance company. He actually just got one of the original ones back after 20 years, the guy was selling this truck and he actually sent it. And my friend has a uh, like this this museum in his office of like uh, this menagerie of telematics devices um, because it's, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say about 20 years and it's gone through many iterations. Okay,
1: so so th- so there's a more recent generation where, where the telematic device, because it always requires a piece of hardware,
0: right? Uh, not always, well, If you call the smartphone a piece of hardware, yes. So it requires the car, it requires the device you plug into the car, and in our case, it requires a smartphone with an app.
1: Okay. You know, maybe we should clarify. I'll ask you to do this if I didn't do it already. Can you define what telematics is?
0: Yeah. Uh, The way we define it is telematics is uh, taking sensor data off of a device. And transforming that into meaningful data about driving. Got it. Oh, so, for oh, example, okay. like if you were to pick, if you were to take your phone, your phone has a GPS sensor that measures location. Mm-hmm. Um, which can, it can when you go from point to point, you can also measure speed and distance. It has accelerometers and gyroscopes that measure all sorts of things, like uh, the the way you know, things are moving through space. And what happens is, is you can use signal processing and machine learning on this data and translate that sensor data into things like mileage and braking behavior and distracted driving behavior and acceleration and speeding. All of these things can be translated to tell you how someone drives.
1: Got it, okay. So, uh, so this generation, small devices, it's been around for some years now. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and, and and maybe I think a lot of people will think of let's say progressives plug-in, which is Correct. different than different than the kind of the smartphone option. What five, six, seven years?
0: Yeah, they have. the, Well, they, progressive employs an array of different ways to get telematics data. Right. So they have a well-publicized partnership with GM OnStar for connected cars. They have the snapshot uh, OBD device that you plug in, and then they work with us on their Snapshot mobile program, which is their is through the mobile phone, through an app.
1: Okay. Okay, got it. All right. so now, um, it, it was there when it was first introduced, was there consumer resistance to the idea of uh, having their behavior that closely watched?
0: Well, I would say, like any population, there, maybe let's call it the third, a third, a third. It's the third okay. will say, Yes, I see the value. I will give you that data and I will save money on insurance. I know I'm a good driver. Like a third of the people will do it. A third of the people will say, Well, I need to maybe be convinced. Um, yeah. Sell me on the value proposition. And if I like it, I'll do it. And then there's probably like in any distribution, there's that other oh, third of the, the laggards. Say, right. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe not. So, yeah. And, you know, I think those curves move throughout time. If you think about how technology Mm -hmm. curves move, when a technology is first introduced, you have probably some innovators and more people tend to be laggards, but as technology becomes more commonplace, more people use it, it becomes more accepted, more and more people adopt the technology.
1: So it would seem that uh, as with most technologies, there's a kind of a standard bell curve, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And and, and, uh, one of the challenges of technologies Um, having been on the vendor side of this, (laughs) is is crossing that chasm. In other words, you know, getting getting past the first, the early crazies, you know, the wild ones who want to try, oh, you got a new device. I'll do it just because it's a new device. Um, It it would seem that we're past that now, that there's uh, a growing acceptance of this as a, maybe it's not as common as a toaster, but it's a, it's, a, it's a becoming a relatively common uh, phenomenon, a relatively common technology. And so if you told your neighbor, "I use telematics," they wouldn't look at you as if, if you were a wild-eyed, crazy person.
0: No, I think it's becoming very commonplace. And if you look at the landscape, um, uh, ver- all the top 10 carriers have telematics programs, and on down into the next 20, you know, most of those companies have. Telematics programs. And so, you know, you're probably exposed to it, whether it's through the direct channel, the exclusive agent channel, or the independent agent channel. So it's becoming more and more common. And you'll start to see, if you look on TV, like you'll start to see those types of programs being advertised more.
1: Got it. Okay. Um, any idea of like uh, uh, how, uh, how uh, broad the acceptance or how deep the acceptance is uh, as a percentage of the driving population?
0: Yeah, so probably as a percentage of the driving population, let's call it like eight-ish percent, something Uh like that.
1: Yeah, okay. And there's all
0: different types of programs. So sometimes people come on and off these telematics programs, and sometimes they go back on. So it depends on what the program is. The trend I see, though, is more and more will be on the program, because in the U.S., what happened in the first iteration of telematics was insurance carriers were using this technology to, for example, at the point of sale, we'd say, Michael, Mm
1: -hmm. are you
0: a safe driver? And you would say, yes. And I would say- The answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, prove it. You've got a great opportunity. And you could save 10% right now. Uh, And if you drive for, let's say, a period of six months on your renewal policy, if you're a safe driver, you could save up to 30 40%. So what's happening now that's a little bit different is now the technologies are able to do things like detect crashes, get you help in the event of a crash, to- Make it so that uh, when you do have a crash and you want to file a claim, all that information is digital. These solutions can make it easy for customers to settle their claims, to give information to the insurance company, to do that. So a lot the the telematics technology and the use cases for it is rapidly expanding, and you know the way. Yeah, so I think what's happening is you'll see more and more and you'll see it being more and more constant, moving beyond the initial use case of the, let me get a better rate on my renewal value proposition. Uh,
1: okay, uh, so, so there are multiple benefits to the consumer. So during the course of this conversation, I, I, wanna, I wanna cover three areas. It seems that clearly, there, it seems that there are three potential beneficiaries, the carrier, the consumer, and what might be Interesting, most interesting to our listeners is the agency has some benefit as well. So uh, I'm, I want to cover each of those. Now, in regards to the consumer, I have an, I have an article from you. It's on, on one of your blogs yeah. um, that LexisNexis Risk Solutions found that 76% of respondents were as interested in receiving free roadside assistance as they were in getting a 10% discount on their policy. So um, it, 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 uh, it, it, that, that, is that built into telematics or is that, how, how does that work?
0: It's a service option. So a, the, way, the way I would say is if you think about an insurer puts together a package of services for its customers, it. okay. one of those packages could be the ability to save money plus mm-hmm. the ability to get help when you crash plus the ability to get roadside assistance as part of your insurance services. So, but the, the thing that, uh, so people love to save money and people love to have peace of mind. And that, you know, that peace of mind is addressed by the the crash services and is also addressed by the roadside services.
1: Got it, okay. Um, so uh, let's talk about customers. So, so roughly 8% of the people that are driving around right now have some sort of a telematic service. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's my understanding from the research that it, has had a positive effect on customer satisfaction. Definitely. Tell me about that.
0: Yep. So consumers like it because they can save money. So if, if you're a safe driver, you know it, you have an opportunity to prove it. You can save money. It's a very fair, democratic way to get a price for auto insurance. So it seems like, uh, especially with things like distracted driving, consumers seem to accept that I, it's transparent. I know how I'm rated. I get it. And I have the chance to influence the outcome. So that's always good, giving the customer more control, giving them the opportunity to save money is a really, really great thing.
1: Ah, okay, so you raised something that, that um, well, I don't, I don't know that we talked about this last time you and I spoke, that, uh, the, that telematics can um, reduce distracted driving. It, now, presumably, that, that is if it's a mobile phone-based telematic device. Talk That's talk right. to me about that. Explain that.
0: Yeah. So only smartphones can really measure the distracted driving behavior using the mobile phone.
1: Right. This, the plug-in device doesn't do that.
0: No, but, it doesn't. Okay. Do that. All right. And, 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 and this is and this is a, a an a, it's an amazing variable for insurance. It's more predictive than other variables out there, and it's also one I think consumers inherently know that I shouldn't do this. <laughs> like it's totally it's totally within my control. They know it's dangerous. Like we know it's dangerous. We have all sorts of data on the risk associated with distracted driving, on the propens- propensity to get in a crash when you do distracted driving. So it's a big deal. It's a big problem for society. And it's, you know, one of the things that the, the, smartphones, uh, the smartphones measure really well.
1: Okay. So that, that's built in. So presumably this is a, it's an app. Am I right? Yes. So somebody can it download is. it from... Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't know if they go to the, the Google Play Store or, or uh, the Apple Store to get it, but they download an app.
0: They do. And, and they go and to one of those two. So, yeah, you would sign up at the point of sale with your insurer and uh-huh, they would say, okay. here's the link to the App Store, go get the app, get into the app, and then just start driving.
1: And and it's so it's not only monitoring their driving, it's also monitoring their their smartphone behavior.
0: Uh, Yes and no. So yes, in terms of using it. So we can use the sensors. We what? none of the solutions do. They don't know what apps you're using. They don't <laughs> listen to your conversations. <laughs> they don't, yeah, we're not, that, okay. we're not there. It's well, just more like yeah. how is the phone being used somehow mm-hmm. either in your hand or you're talking, but it's, that's the extent of it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the best thing is just to like put, put it on the dashboard or the, or the shotgun seat and leave it there. Yes. yes. Yeah, because I mean, typically, I think we know that in consumer behavior, they all know they shouldn't do it. But when a text comes through, you know, ding, 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 or, oh, that's, you know, that's my family signal. Well, just this once. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and just this once then becomes
0: habitual behavior. It does. Yeah. Okay. It can. Got it. It can. It, Hopefully, a- we can play a part in correcting that and
1: well and yeah that. yeah so you know, is there um, significant enough research to determine that you know, um, that it's affected the use of a mobile phone while driving distracted driving
0: there is you can absolutely affect consumer behavior. And there's a variety of ways to do that, right? Price is one mechanism to affect consumer behavior, rewards are another mechanism. Some people value feedback. Some people value just the, I'm a citizen of this society and I wanna do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like there's a group of people that respond to that message. So, you know, if you're offering these programs, you have to kind of uh, address all of those ways to get people to stop distracted driving.
1: Yeah, okay. And so presumably, you know, so let's say, um mom and dad um purchase the insurance and they've got two teenagers Mm -hmm. the teenagers then also can download that link right yes yeah so every everybody gets their behavior gets all right got it (laughs) well that that could be useful all right um and so so the the research is indicating that uh, it affects distracted driving. Talk to us a little bit about how um, telematics can affect um, driver safety, and, and because I think I think that's that's so built into somebody's personality, mm. right? The the way that they drive. Um, I mean, clearly, if there's a benefit to the carrier to be able to determine, you know, for pricing, for the purposes of pricing, to determine their behavior. But the, the, the ideal would be to improve their behavior. How effective are we at that?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen evidence you can improve uh, double digit improvements in distraction, in braking, in speeding behavior. Um, now, the thing is probably uh, people uh, would fall into old habits. So you gotta keep reminding them and you gotta keep educating them over time. To keep behaving well, because you probably have been driving longer. Yeah, than right. Driving with a telematics <laughs> app, right? So it's it's a new Earth thing. Yeah, uh, but it's really beneficial. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you can. We've seen evidence that you can, and um, people want it. Like there there are people out there who value that. They like. They, I didn't know I was driving this way, and yeah. my app is telling me I'm driving this way. I should do it so I could save money. Like the the, propensi- the, the ability to just save money, especially in these times, like this economy is not great. The ability to save a bunch of money on your insurance is a really valuable thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So um, especially if they drive safe and you know, it's a win-win because the consumer benefits, but also the insurance carrier benefits. If people are driving safer, you obviously have lower loss costs. Right. And then the other thing for the carrier is they'll be able to retain those drivers more because you know them you're offering personalized insurance you're helping them save money you're helping them be safer you know and and if you're deploying crash services and claim services you're there for them so like you know when you ask me how do you do this like think about like the world of health in the united states right there's preventative medicine which i would characterize as telling people about their driving behavior and helping them improve and then there's the treating of the illness which is if you do get in a crash how do you help people like right then and there to resolve the situation, whether it's get emergency services or get a tow when they need it, or even, you know, not spend as much time on the phone talking to a claims agent with an FNOL because all that information is digital. I just push a button and I send it and somebody calls me back and they have the information. So I'm saving a ton of time that information's right. So my claim gets settled with higher quality and you know, the insurance company makes the right decisions on whether it's a total loss or whether it's repairable, like all of this stuff helps the consumer because you Mm -hmm. like, as if you've ever, you know, I'm sure you've been in this business a long time. Being in a crash is not a pleasant event. And even if no one was hurt, still getting back your life to the way it was is a big deal. Like getting your car repaired or getting a new car. It's a stressful situation. So and and, and add to that
1: Add to that the kind of a traditional way of dealing with the insurance in order to make sure you get your life back uh, it typically adds some stress. So it sounds like uh, this solution simplifies that. It does. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to. I, I want to I, I circle back to uh, customer satisfaction here uh, in a moment, but I, I need to jump back to something. Um, you had. Uh, you, you said something about feedback. Yeah. So in other words, um, you know, this is new, we're trying to change behavior. And typically, uh, in order to create new habits, we can't just uh, make a decision and boom, <laughs> now we're different. Typically we need some kind of uh, feedback cycle to, uh, to keep us informed. How does that happen with telematics? Uh, how, do, how do I know how I'm doing other than, oh, gosh, next year when I renew my insurance, it's either up or it's down?
0: Yeah, that, a great question, right? So this is what apps are great at, right? right. Apps. So like you think about like where uh, the way I would say is I would describe like an app like ours, like TrueMotions is it's like if um, it's like if Apple Health and OnStar had a baby. Uh, and so the way I think about it, if like if you've ever looked at Apple Health, right? It tells you how many steps you took today. It tells you how you exercise. It tells you all of these things. And so the first part of it is just knowing, having objective data that tells you how you're doing. So that's the first step is knowing. Then if you think about it, you can gamify and help people make use of that data in a way that brings it to them and even makes it fun. So you can do things like, uh, you know, if you look at Farmers' uh, Signal program, which where the the provider for that program uh if you uh don't do distracted driving you have a chance to spin a wheel and win a Amazon <laughs> okay
1: That's you're really of-
0: gamified it all right yeah so you have that type of thing you have um, even like streaks so like you know people who have the want to take their ten thousand steps a day you know there's the the idea of some people like streaks and mm-hmm. they like going yeah. day after day or trip after trip without distracted driving okay you can get notified to say michael that was a great trip. Michael, you had a great week. Keep it up. You are going to save if you keep doing what you're doing. You know, oh, okay, like right, kind of cool right. Like, uh, like,
1: like Kindle, you know, oh, you've read for you know, 93 days in a row and for 107 weeks. Yeah, you, know, you look at that and say, oh, gosh, I, I got to.
0: Yeah, all of that.
1: My, my, my app is praising me. Okay, so. Um...
0: And I'll tell you, Michael, so like one of the interesting things, this is really cool. like, so how often would you think that the average consumer opens up, an average insurance company's mobile app.
1: Oh, like once every never.
0: <laughs> once every never is good, right? So we've had programs where people are opening the app 11 times a week, especially if they're checking their driving. Oh, that's
1: pretty remarkable. Okay, got They're, earning points, they're earning
0: points towards <laughs> rewards. And so, you know, going from, you know, never to, I talk to you once a year when I renew, or maybe every 10 years when I have a crash to, I'm engaged about my safety. I'm driving down my lost costs. I'm opening the app 11 times a week. Like, this is really interesting. So, you know, I don't know if, I don't think insurance companies' apps will ever become, uh, you know, TikTok, but, you know, it right. can probably be up there with banking apps and things that people use and that type of,
1: yeah, okay, that type but- of strategy. But by the way, yeah, I'm obviously joking and perhaps slightly exaggerating with once every and ever. Do you know how often uh, uh, a standard insurance app gets opened by a consumer?
0: Mm, that is a good, good question. Okay, well, it's uh, probably, a, probably a few times a year. Yeah, it's a lot. It, less depends, it a- depends. Like, you know, if you have a, there's, there are insurance companies out there that are also banks. So they have. Oh, they have other
1: purposes. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. So it depends upon what kind of app you have, but yeah. primarily, like people will use most of the apps to like either pay their bills. They'll get roadside service. They'll um um you know have their insurance card on their phone. Yeah. So that type of thing.
1: So every time they get pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Got right. it. Right. Yeah. No, I understand that. But this 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 is pretty remarkable that somebody would, because it's so personal and yeah. and and. It, Praises them or perhaps critiques their driving. Um, talk to talk to me for a moment about how um, safe driving is determined on a smartphone. You follow me? Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by this. Uh, presumably, I, I suppose you know the technology knows. What road I'm on and mm-hmm. uh, right I mean at a level of detail that could be really quite fascinating talk to me a little bit about what what is it what are the um, you know what are the data points that that help evaluate or grade the safety of somebody's driving
0: yeah that's a that's a f- phenomenal question and so like I would characterize it as there's two major data sets so one data set is what I would call the sensor data set. The other data set is what I would call the contextual data set. So the sensor data set for on the phone, you have a GPS antenna, mm-hmm. you have a accelerometer, a gyroscope, a magnetometer, which is a fancy name for a compass. You have a barometer, you have all of these sensors on the phone and they're actually quite sophisticated. Like our phones are very, very sophisticated. And so there, what you do is you take those signals from the sensors. You do signal processing on it and machine learning on it. Yeah. And you transform it into data that tells you like how much mileage somebody is driving in, let's say, the course of a month three year. You can tell when they're driving. So like, are they driving during rush hour or at night, which is, you know, those are two more dangerous times. Are they exhibiting behavior where they're speeding and driving aggressively where they're harsh braking or harsh accelerating? And you can even tell through the sensors whether they're doing distracted driving while they're just, you know, on the phone while they're driving. So that's the sensor piece of it. So you can tell with an uh, amazing amount of accuracy, like how uh, somebody is driving. Now you overlay that on the context, which is like where they're driving, right? So there's different road types, there's different congestion areas. There's a, and those those are databases that exist out there in the world. Like there's all sorts of map databases that will tell you like right. what that road is like, what type. And so, you know, you start to put these together and you have a good sense for like how somebody's driving and what the risk level is. And I would contrast that with, um, the traditional variables that people are using to price insurance. So, right. Like I think we use this example when we talk the first time is you and I, we live on the same street, we drive the same car, mm-hmm. we're the same age. We have the same loss history, right. We're pretty much going to pay the same for insurance. But if I'm a maniac and I speed all over and I drive in risky times and I do a lot of distracted driving, I should pay more. I am a risk. It's just, if I don't have telematics, my insurance company doesn't know it. So the other thing that's happening in society, you've asked about trends before, is this idea of the social justice movement in our country. More and more regulators are looking at the traditional variables of credit score and motor vehicle report and zip codes as potentially discriminatory and unfair when it comes to pricing. And so there's a movement now, if you saw in the news like Root said, Root Insurance said in the next five years, we are going to um, stop using credit score in our pricing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right, so I
1: I have a uh, another quote from one of your blogs. <clears throat> For two years running, the J.D. Power U.S. auto insurance study confirms that satisfaction and retention are higher among customers who opt into a UBI program. Yes. That sounds like magic. Um, well, in a good sense. Talk to me about... Um, customer satisfaction and retention. Reten- retention is a word that we love to hear in this industry.
0: Well, it's great because if like, you can really fairly and accurately assess how somebody and you can help them become better, they're gonna save money. And so if, you, if you're if you an insurer that provides an experience where people save money or they feel like they're paying a fair price or they feel like there's some transparency in how it's done, they're gonna, they're gonna stick with your company longer. They're gonna like doing business with your company better. And then if you add on top of that services that give them peace of mind, you're actually playing an active role in their safety and their protection, which is really like a great role for an insurance company to play. Um, then that satisfaction goes even higher. And then if, if you know, forbid they have a crash, it's a terrible time and you're there for them and you may make it easy for them. Like that's another driver of satisfaction. So I think there's opportunities with this data to just have more moments of truth where you as the insurance company are doing great things for your customers, as opposed to just sending them a renewal bill every six months or every year.
1: Is there enough data yet to to be able to assess um, statistically the impact on customer retention?
0: Yeah, I've seen uh, across, you know, in my experience talking with carriers and I've seen some industry studies where probably anywhere, the telematics customers will have a higher retention, three to to 10% higher retention rate than people who don't have telematics.
1: That's huge, okay, got it, all right. Yeah. Um, So the customers who use this generally like this is is what it sounds like, and their satisfaction is higher, their retention is higher. Uh, So uh, let's talk about uh, the role of the independent agency or the agent in um, the oh, the distribution of this technology.
0: Yeah, I, I love this. And uh, I love having the focus groups we have and going out in the world. Well, I don't get to go in as in-person offices as I used to, um, but the things we hear is number one, um, having an option at the point of sale to offer customers just flexible options of programs and the ability to save money is a great option to have. Like that's a great error to have in your quiver from a sales perspective. Yeah, um, Because okay. what we see are uh, 50 to 65% of customers say, if they were offered it, they would take it. And our data bears this out. I mean, we're seeing carriers where uh, one out of two new business customers will take it, will take the option when offered. So it's, it's, consumers want this, they do want this. So, you know, you have an option to offer this to somebody and save money. The second thing, which I'm really, I'm personally motivated by when I hear the yeah. agents react to it is, you know, I think agents just want to help people have better lives and help like they want to fulfill their mission as an insurance agent to help people be safe and be protected. And so, you know, the crash detection services, like they feel like what, what I hear from them, I, I just keep remembering these quotes. They'll say, oh, I can, I can be there for my customers. I can really offer them something that's beyond just the price or beyond the same product everybody else has. I can give them something that maybe protects their family is there for them when they have, when they're in a rough spot or a crash. And it's like their eyes light up when they, when they offer this, like it feels like something I'm like, I've never really been able to offer this before. And I, and I, now I can offer it. And it's like, ah, this is what I got into this business for, which is just to help people. In so, addition, yeah. Got,
1: got, okay. So um, so in order for an agent to be able to offer it, uh, presumably they have to represent a carrier that has a relationship with a telematics firm like yours. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, they can't just say, hey, <laughs> download an app. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and um, you, I know you threw out a number. So you've got a relationship, as I recall, it, with six out of the 10 top auto insurers yes. in the United States. Yes. Right. And, and are, are you global? Or are you international as
0: well? We are global. So yeah. we work with uh, intact in Canada, which is the number one insurer in Canada. Right. We work with uh, other insurers in Europe. So we are global and uh, yeah, so, but as I said before, you know, you can, it's pretty common now, like you can go uh, to those insurance carriers and you could say, I would like, do you have a telematics program? Can I save mm-hmm. money?
1: Yeah. Do you
0: have a crash services program? And the answer increasingly is yes yeah okay so
1: so so it would seem like one of the barriers um to greater adoption is the perhaps the absence of um training the customer service reps or the inbound producers or the personalized producers who sell automobile insurance
0: yeah
1: right got
0: yeah. it okay so. yeah.
1: All right, fair enough. Maybe
0: they may may not uh, know about it. Like there's a lot, you know, there's a lot on an agency's and an agent's plate to learn about, especially if you're representing multiple different companies, right? Mm -hmm. There's new Mm -hmm. things all the time. There's new products. There's uh, so, yeah, I think knowing about it um, is part of it. And then knowing how to probably answer some very basic questions like, how much can I save if I do this? Or what do I need to do? Well, as as I
1: recall, I think it was, I I think you and I have spoken about this before. I think it was our friends over at ITE had uh, done some research on Mm. the, the, uh, you know, how how many, what percentage of customers would be willing to take this for, you know, savings of 5%, 10%, 15%, whatever options they offered. And really was fairly remarkable. It was was really fairly high. Yes. Um, And it, it, it clearly, it does seem... That there are um, benefits to the consumer that are beyond saving ten percent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, no so, sense. so, so, so for the agent, um, what are the objections that they need to overcome? I mean, presumably one is I don't you know it's like I, I don't want people to know that much about me or something, right? I mean, the, the, I, I think perhaps perhaps there's some. Um, so, some fairly broad and maybe maybe largely unconscious resistance to how much how much we give up of our own privacy in exchange for whatever Google giving us the right ad at the right point in time. Um, yeah,
0: and right, I my, so, you know, you've been you've been doing your go to market consulting practice helping agents for you know for a couple of decades now. Yeah, right. right so right. probably one of the lessons you teach agents is don't project your beliefs onto the customer, <laughs> Yeah, right? Just let them make their own decision, provide them the information, help them mm-hmm. rather than, because if you're an agent that says, Oh, I would never use Google maps or I would never think you're probably not going to offer these services to your customer because you have a personal bias. When in fact, I think the, the best thing you could do is just give customers the option. Give them the option. Right. Well, then it, the choice sounds- don't project your, you know, don't project your beliefs onto someone else. Give them, give them the information. And it, and
1: it sounds like uh, when offered about half of them will accept it. That's a f- that's fairly remarkable.
0: This is this is right. This is the interesting thing is consumers want it. And if you want to be an agent that, uh, you know, gives consumers what they want or are interested yeah. in, at least given the option, given the information, because chances are they would appreciate it <laughs> because they might want it already.
1: Got it. OK. Um, one last question about the technology. Yeah. Um, is it as um, evolved as it's going to be? Or do you are, do you see, uh, you know, is there a roadmap for other innovations and breakthroughs in the use and the uh, design of the technology itself?
0: Oh, you know, I always think this technology is evolving and getting better. This is like one of the really fun, exciting, and, you know, you've built your own software company, and it's really like you, you see the digitization, the the software business in this space is like always evolving. There's always new things Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, I think uh, the major development again is these, these crash services and digital claim services where before it was just pricing and you're going to start to see more probably loyalty programs. You're going to see more automation where the customer doesn't even have to think or push buttons or do things to get certain services from the insurance companies, even at a crash scene. It's kind of going to all happen automatically. So, so yeah, l-
1: let me ask you about the crash. I mean, so, so uh, clearly with a gyroscope and a, um, uh, I forget what you called it, the, the, they mag make, The Meg, Obama, right? I, I, I was, I was going for the 25 cent word on this one, right? Yeah, the compass, um, you know, boom, if somebody has a crash, you know, the car flips over or something like that and perhaps they're, you know, unconscious. Mm. Uh, it, it would seem that this technology would know that something happened right then and right there. Am I right?
0: Uh, you're 100% correct. And like yeah. the, re- uh, the recordings we have of our service, you know, here, like, I, I'm just thinking about this one. I was just listening to where the person called, he was with his family, the car flipped in a ditch, the app um, detected that he was in a serious crash. Yeah. Uh, had an automatic reach out from the service uh, from a live agent uh-huh. which we have 24 seven and other insurers have 24 seven talks to the guy. He's like, please call emergency services, help me out. My car's flipped. It's in a ditch. And Like he, uh we noticed this and we proactively got him help. And if you know anything about uh, accident scenes is the more time you can save, the better off people will be. You'll have a chance Later. to actually save their lives and reduce the impact of any injuries. You can get them help faster. So like, this is the, you know, this is the thing is you don't have to have a device. You don't even have to have a connected car. You only have to have what 94% of Americans already have, which is just your smartphone, <laughs> which you always have with you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. And if you don't, you're going to drive back home to get it as soon as you realize it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Got it. All right. Very good. Um, uh, David, if, uh, if you had the chance to kind of, you know, kick me off my soapbox and say something to the agent community, a non-commercial message, what do you want what, to what deliver? What, what do you want them to pay attention to right now?
0: Yeah, I, I, the message I would say is, look, just listen to your customers because your customers probably want this type of solution from you. They would actually appreciate it from you and that you would build your brand and you would build loyalty by helping customers take advantage of these things. So you'd really be fulfilling your mission by saying yes and at least talking to your customers about this. Got
1: it. All right. And now, if people want to learn more about True Motion, or if they had a question and maybe perhaps they wanted to reach out to you through some medium, how should they do that?
0: Yeah, you can uh, go to GoTrueMotion.com. We've got a load of information on our website or you can hit me up at David at GoTrueMotion.com.
1: Bingo. Okay. GoTrueMotion.com or David at GoTrueMotion.com. Uh, well, as always, David, I uh, enjoyed the conversation and I uh, continue to learn about this uh, technology. So uh, I, I appreciate appreciate you representing us so well. Thank you very much for yeah, joining well, us today. Well,
0: Michael, thank you for having me on. Like, really love your passion and and love your podcast and what you're doing out there. It's like, uh, you know, I could tell if, uh, if I was an agent and I was working with you, I'd be psyched. Because right on. Have
1: to- <laughs> well, I, I get good guests and um, I, I have a ravenous curiosity. So maybe those two things can come together well yeah. for the audience from time to time. So uh, thanks a lot. This was fun. Sure we'll- Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the connected insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.